Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, the 9th of September, and our market having a bit of a bad day today. We are down 104 points, which is 1.4%, and it is pretty much across the board. Resources have taken a dive. BHP down 1.4%, Rio 2.3%, Fortescue. Fortescue holding up okay. 0.3% down. It went next dividend on Monday. Took a bit of a dive. And that comes on the back of the iron ore price. Blinken, you missed it. The iron ore price is down from $220 a tonne to $136 a tonne. And having had a little bounce yesterday, has lost it again overnight, down 3.5%. So iron ore price on the nose yet again. I wrote about Fortescue, Rio, and BHP earlier in the week suggesting that we are now probably on bottom watch rather than needing to sell them. They have come off so hard so quickly. There's obviously no need to buy them yet. The trend is still down, but probably too late for long-term investors to do any selling. So probably looking for the buying opportunity now. The moment the iron ore price ticks up or something improves on the Chinese curbs on steel production, those stocks are going to come back very, very quickly. But not today, clearly. Banks all also getting nailed today, down 1.5%, all of them. There aren't any dividends to look forward to in the sector until... October, November. So why hang around in a downtrend? So nothing escaping today. Lithium stocks fairly hard hit yet again. They are at the pointy end of the market when the market tips over. The hot stocks are the ones that go coldest first. Interestingly, defensive stocks doing well today. You've got share price rises in ResMed, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, Sonic Healthcare, to name a few. Looking at the chart of the ASX 200, if you have a look in the strategy piece, you'll see that. There's no break of the big uptrend yet, but clearly we are heading that way. Interestingly, whilst we're having a meltdown, the Nasdaq hit a new all-time high overnight. And whilst the iron ore price was going down, the oil price went up 1.3%. It seems the aftermath of Hurricane Ida has seen some Gulf of Mexico producers slow to get back in action. And we saw the aluminium price still enjoying this coup in Guinea up 1.4%. As I wrote earlier this week, that coup has spiked the boring Illumina AWC share price. It's a bit of an income stock. I'd probably be selling into that if I was a holder and looking to buy it back when things calm down again. Gold price also down another $5 overnight, although with the market going down, the sector holds up quite well. So the froth coming off. You might notice some coal price upgrades from Fitch. The coal price has doubled now since the beginning of the year. This comes on the back of the Chinese tightening regulations on mine safety requirements, which has reduced their own domestic thermal coal production, which is driving higher imports from Russia and Indonesia, which is helping Australian coal, which is going to India and Korea. Anyway, coal, okay. There was an article in the AFR yesterday about the electrification stocks, or that what they called the Great Electrification Gold Rush, which was interesting, talking about copper, nickel, lithium, and rare earths. And I quite like the phrase that these commodities could eventually re 
make Australia's resources pecking order? There you go. Anyway, they mentioned all the lithium stocks, Pilbara, IGO, Oracobre, Vulcan, Mineral Resources, Lion Town. A few ex-dividends today, you've probably seen Monodelphus, South 32, to name a couple. You might notice as well, APT down 2.5%. It is inextricably linked to the Square Inc. share price in the US, which fell 4.2% overnight. In fact, tech sector as a whole looking pretty shabby today. Seek down 4%, REA down 3%, car sales down 3.3%, email payments down 4.1% to name a few. If you haven't seen it, go to the pre-market or to Henry's take today. You'll see Henry was on the call on Osbiz with Koshi yesterday. Bit of a comedy act from both of them there. One of the articles making the news overnight was Bank of America. Their strategist is saying, invest need to prepare for the day the music stops. Sentiment is all but euphoric with our sell side indicator closer to a sell signal than at any point since 2007. And they go on to say, our valuation model now indicates negative returns for the first time since 1999. What they do is they use all sorts of inputs to create an indicator which suggests where the S&P 500 should be. So they will use all sorts of economic numbers and equity-based numbers. And the way they do it is they backtest all their imports, in inputs in various weights and come up with a best fit and then run that going forward. So their indicator is saying forward expectations for the S&P 500 based on the current inputs suggest negative returns for the first time since 1999. I've got some charts in the strategy piece. You'll see the S&P 500 is up 107% from the bottom 18 months ago. It's up 34% from the pre-pandemic peak. So ignore the pandemic. This has been a simply phenomenal couple of years for the S&P 500. Up 33.8. usually goes up 8% per annum. It's up 30 3.8% in 18 months. At the same time, the Nasdaq's up 56% from the pre-pandemic peak. It's up 131% from the pandemic low. And then there's Australia, Yornarama. We are up 6% from the pre-pandemic high, but we are up 73% from the pre-pandemic low. Sorry, the post-pandemic low. You can see those charts in the strategy piece today. Also, you'll see a chart of the iron ore price. The RSI, Relative Strength Index, an indicator of overbought or oversold. Over 70 is overbought. Below 30 is oversold. It is currently at 14. Hasn't been that oversold in a long time. An RSI, to simplify it, is, is a measure of the momentum of the current movement. Obviously, it's fallen very sharply. So that's what that says to you. It says the iron ore price momentum is very negative at the moment. So pretty ugly all round today. Now, I think you all know from my one stock portfolio pick that I hold POS, which is Poseidon Nickel. I hold it PA, which means personal account. It's an industry jargon expression that you hold something PA. I hold POS PA. See if I can get any more acronyms in there for you. I hold POS PA, which means I hold them in my own name. So bear that in mind as I talk to you about the electrification theme, which if you think you've missed it in lithium, have a look at the nickel price. The nickel is lithium wading in mud. In other words, it's slower. You'll see the chart of the nickel price in the strategy piece today. Trending up. Not explosive like lithium, but definitely trending up. The electric vehicle revolution is obviously 
obviously underway. Everyone's writing about it. Macquarie had research out the other day with an outperform on everything. Someone else did the same thing. Was it Credit Suisse? Had an outperform on everything in the sector. They see it as a long-term theme. Meanwhile, and this is the added bit really today, BHP and Rio are fighting over a nickel stock in Canada. Andrew Forrest just bought 5.3% of Western Areas WSA. Independence Group IGO have just confirmed, or recently confirmed, that they are in preliminary talks to take over Western Areas WSA, which Andrew Forrest just bought a stake in. If IGO buys WSA, there are only three nickel developers left, which is Mincor, Panoramic Resources, and Poseidon Nickel, which I hold. Now, Mincor, Henry actually wrote up a bit of Mincor today, but probably because he got a bit of research from Macquarie on it this week. Macquarie have got a neutral recommendation, target price of 135 cents and the current share price 129 cents. So not much upside in MCR. That leaves Poz and Pan, which are the minnows, both of whom are demothballing. If the nickel price gets high enough, they will demothball or they do enough exploration. They'll demothball well-established or previously well-established nickel projects. And what went through my brain is that this is a long-term theme. You've got BHP and Rio fighting over a nickel stock in Canada. At some point, every nickel producer is going to become a takeover target and make Maybe even some of the nickel project developers. So there are producers, explorers, and then developers. Poz and Pan both have established projects. They just need to get them going again. And you might hope, or I might hope, or assume that at some point they will be factoring in some sort of takeover premium. And the shuffling has already begun, obviously. BHP and Rio are thinking long-term. And BHP in particular is thinking ESG long-term. In other words, pivoting towards or away from fossil fuels from the old commodities to the new commodities to nickel lithium copper as their focus in which case they need to position now for the longer term these are big themes big long-term themes and whilst lithium stocks might scare some of you nickel stocks are just that little bit less excited and exciting and i can only hope as a pos shareholder that at some point pos comes onto the radar of somebody thinking long term and there are obviously players around doing that at the moment and I'm not suggesting this is a buy now for a bid in fact you'd probably sell now because the resources sector is looking decidedly (laughs) toppy and a bit sick especially today but it's more highlighting that in the longer term nickel stocks are in the right place in the right decade and it is still early in this theme they also have a tight correlation with the nickel price which is still trending up anyway talking my own book but corporate shuffling going on in the nickel sector and maybe I'll be lucky and the telescope or is that the microscope will turn its lenses towards the small nickel stocks at some point. Right, a couple of other things. COVID is over, I've written the headline. I'm getting good at writing clickbait headlines. In the AFR, there was an article which I thought worth passing on. On Friday, Denmark will lift all its COVID-19 restrictions after the government declared the virus is no longer a critical threat to society, thanks to having vaccinated 72% of the population. Unfortunately, the UK is at 62%. Unfortunately, we're only at 39.7%. 
Australian Capital Territory at 47.9%. New South Wales, 42.7%. Victoria, 38.8%. Anyway, keep getting vaccinated, everybody. And maybe we too can use that phrase, no longer a critical threat to society. WA and Queensland, the least vaccinated of all states. Be careful up there. It will come your way. This Delta virus is unavoidable. Dan the man seems to be coming around to the idea that we are going to have to open up despite high numbers of cases. Some states still in a little bit of denial. I I rather prefer to be in Victoria or New South Wales at the moment, quite honestly. At least we will get out of lockdown at some point. Right, I've also got a little article, something that was in the AFR yesterday, which someone had picked up on. I don't know who originally published the chart, but the Worldwide Buffett Indicator. And the suggestion from this article was that Buffett predicts a crash, which is possibly the most clickbaitable headline you could possibly write in finance at the moment. And what this chart is, is it compares the combined market capitalization of the world's publicly traded shares, so the value of all the the equity markets, and divides it by the GDP, gross domestic product, of the whole world. So you get a relationship of size of the stock market versus global GDP. And the suggestion is that if they're the same size, then the stock market is fairly valued. And if it's under 100%, it's the equity market's cheap and above 100% it's expensive. At the moment, that ratio is sitting at 142%. So the world stock markets are trading 42% or are valued 42% higher than global GDP. And obviously, you, that, that's not a perfect relationship, but you can look back at the history of that relationship, obviously, and say, oh, we are expensive relative to where we were. So in or prior to the GFC, that ratio got to about 120% and then it crashed to 40%. So the stock market was 40% of global GDP and it's now climbed to 142%, the highest ever. I mean, all these things are well and good, aren't they? But it is another sign of the top and I have added it to my Livewire article, Signs of the Top. You can click through to that in the strategy piece today. I have always run something similar on my data stream setup. Data streams a charting package, very expensive one. But mine looks at US GDP in dollars versus the market capitalization of the S&P 500. As I say, it's not a perfect relationship, obviously, but you can look at the history and suggest that, oh, that ratio is much higher than it used to be, or the stock market's much cheaper relative to GDP than it used to be. And I've put that chart in the strategy piece today. And US, or the market cap of the S&P 500 relative to US GDP at the moment is trading at 155% of GDP. In the just before the, or in the tech boom was the highest it got to before, it got up to about 120%. So the stock market market cap was 120% of GDP. And then just ahead of the G, or after the GFC, it got down to 50%. So we're back up to 155%, the highest ever. I mean, this stuff is great for writing clickbait headlines like Buffett predicts a crash. And logically, there should be some relationship between the stock market 
happen in GDP. But I do wonder just how much of a contribution these highly profitable big tech companies, some of which are not domiciled in the US, you can see they are blowing the value of the S&P 500 out. But if they're not contributing to GDP, that whole ratio is becoming a bit stupid to, to look at. But anyway, we need an economist. Right, Macquarie had a half year update yesterday and jumped 5% or so. This morning, they're down 1.8%. I've got the research roundup. All the brokers are way behind the eight ball on Macquarie and are playing catch up. So most of them have moved their target prices in line with the current or the new share price but they all have neutral, hold, sell, although there is an overweight and, accumu and an accumulate recommendation in there, but not really sure it's worth looking at the research. They've got it wrong so far. Interestingly, the RSI relative strength index on Macquarie, have a look at the chart in the strategy piece today, has blown out of the top. It's also blown out of the top of the Bollinger Bands. Have a look at the chart. I've put a chart in. I use a trading platform. I don't know whether what trading platforms you use called Market Tech, M-A-R-K-E-T-E-C-H, which is a, a platform I quite like because it doesn't pool shareholdings or pool cash into trust accounts. So if platform goes bust, all my shares are in my own name, in my own HIN, and all my cash is sitting in a Macquarie Cash Management account. So it's not like some of these fly-by-night trading platforms that put all your money in their bank account and put all your shares in their HIN. So if they go bust, you might lose them all. This is a very simple and trustable structure. Anyway, that chart there is from Market Tech. You can get a free trial if you go on their website. It might be worth a look. They also interestingly have a subscription model. So you pay 45 bucks a month and tiny commissions rather than paying commissions. It works out cheaper at the end of the day, depending on how much trade you do. But especially if you do a lot of trade, it's actually cheaper. And the structure is trustable. Anyway, I digress. That chart is from Market Tech. Right, that's about it. On this day, Mao Zedong died. In fact, there wasn't much going on on this day. Hugh Grant was born, but perhaps more importantly, Michael Buble was born, who of course models his voice on my own. Right, that's about it. As I leave you, market's still heading nastily lower, down 113 at, it, at its lows for the day. Could this be the beginning of the end that we've all been expecting? Dow futures down 73, nothing too precipitous there. We'll probably wake up tomorrow to a recovered market and be up 114 points. Let's see if this trend develops. Right, that's about that. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you soon. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain My friend I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm certain I've lived A life that's full I've traveled each And Every highway And more Much more than this I did it Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do, and saw it through without 
exemption. I plan each charted course, each course, each careful step, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this. I did it. Before. 